What up, y'all? This is Lulu D. You are listening to Crossover Church ATL, the church expression of city takers. Welcome to week four of our series, Catfish. God has been doing crazy stuff here at City Takers. We launched this church called Crossover, and we're actually still in pre-launch. But it's a beautiful thing because, like, I was telling people, people, people are always ask, how's the church going? I'm like, man, it's going amazing because I really feel like we have the best community that I've ever had in my walk with the Lord. Like, for real, like, like we are taking each other, we're going deep, you know what I mean? And it's not just some surface-level stuff. It goes, it's going way beyond what's happening on Sundays into, like, real relationship with people. And that's the church right there, amen? That's the church. So give yourselves a hand clap real quick. We've been talking about Catfish, and if you, you're, you're with us for the first time, Catfish, maybe you've seen the TV show, maybe you saw the movie. Um, it's basically, in 2019, we believe that, or we, not, we don't believe it, it's a fact. You can actually be whoever you want to be on the telephone or online, right? You can put up whatever picture you want. You could, like, say you're whatever. You're a multi-millionaire. You, you are a, a famous model that, tra- you know, that travels the world. And maybe you are those things, but maybe you're not. And so you can literally be whoever you want to be online, on Instagram. Instagram and on Facebook, right? You can put up any picture you want. You can call yourself whatever you want. You can say whatever. So we've been talking about the first couple of weeks was like, who am I, right? And, and, and the last week was, who are we, like as a church? And this last week, I want to talk about who is he, meaning God the Father, like who is he? Because we, there's a lot of people who we work with, who we live with, who, you know, live in our neighborhoods and our communities that think God is a certain way. But we, when we have a relationship with him, we start to realize he's not necessarily the way that we thought he was. Right? I remember when I was little, I, was, I see these pictures of God, the father, would be like this big white man with white hair, and he'd always have a staff, and he was on top of a cloud. You ever seen that picture before? Like God the Father, and it was this, it was this, this old man with a staff on top of a cloud. But once I start to really get to know who God was, I was like, oh my God, like this guy is way different and bigger than the person I thought he was. He's actually loving, he's caring, he's compassionate. And so I wanted to break down like who God really is, right? And there's great power in, in the name. How many of y'all actually know the meaning of your name? The meaning of your name. Now, some people were, were named that name because of the meaning. Some people were just named the name because it was a cool name. But then later on down the road, you found out it actually had a meaning to the name. How many of y'all were like that? That's like me. Right? You just named a name, right? and you found out later on it actually had a meaning. Right? It basically, your name says who you are. Right? It's actually what other people know you as a lot of times. How many of y'all got a nickname when growing up? A nickname. We already know. It's Shorty, right? A little bit. A little bit. Amy was a little bit. Take a guess why she was called Little Bit. Yeah, she's little. <laughs> How many of y'all ever had some other names? You don't have to yell them out. I know they're kind of embarrassing. So. Sweet Pea? Sweet Pea. Say, oh. How many of you? We'll go one more name. Quick. Nickname. Raimundo. Who's Raimundo? Right here. Raimundo. Okay. I don't want to know the meaning of that one, but it's all good. But there's nothing more powerful than the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, than the name of our Father, than the name of God himself. The Bible says the name of the Lord is like a strong tower, right? The righteous run into it and so that they can be saved, 
right? So I want to break down, I want to talk about the names of the Lord that we see in the Bible, that we see in the Word, all right? I'm not having a three-point sermon today. I'm doing it a little bit different. I'm going to try to get it done in 30 minutes, but I want to break down the names of the Lord. So if you got your notepad, you got your phones, like I want you to actually write these things down because I want you to go back for yourself into the Word, and I want you to, I want you to read who God says he is, because I believe that when you start to understand his names and what we call him, we start to understand his character and who he really is. And who he is, he wants to minister to his children, right? And he's the same, the Bible says he's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's the same forevermore. Am I right? So God doesn't change, we change. Right, I'm gonna say it again. God doesn't change, we change. So he always remains the same. So who he was 2,000 years ago is who he is today. Who he is when he created the earth is who he is today. And some of us, I believe this, that once we start to understand the nature of God and the characteristics of God, we need some reassurance in, some, in who we are. And I believe that his word is going to reassure us that God is the same God who created you when you were in your mother's womb. And he's the same God today who's going to see you through what you're going through today in Jesus' name. Amen? There's power in his name. Right? He's the God of miracles. He's the God of the impossibilities. What's impossible with man is possible with who? God. Right? What we can't do on our own, we can do with his help. Right? The spirit in, back in the day split the seas. Right? So, that, so that God's children could be free from captivity. And then not only did he split the sea, he actually brought the sea back together. And guess who he brought the sea back together on? They're enemies. So God still takes care of his children, and he still takes care of his children's enemies, right? He offered protection through the desert. There were streams in the desert. There was water when they were thirsty. There was clouds by day. There was fire by night when there was cold, right? He provided a way for me and for you to be saved through his son, Jesus. I want to talk about who he is. Right? We can't believe the catfish. In 2019, there's a lot of people trying to say that God is a condemning God. God is a, a, a judge. And don't get me wrong, he is. There, there are some things about him that when we meet him one day, right? if we don't know his son, we don't have a relationship with him, we're outside of his will, like he is going to judge us. That's a reality, right? So what, what people do is they, they like to pervert the truth. The devil loves to pervert the truth. There is no new trick that the enemy has. He still perverts the truth in 2019, getting me and you to try to doubt who God says he really is. It's the same old trick. He provided a way for me, right? He provided a way for you. Don't believe today that God is distant. I used to think that. Even as a Christian, I used to pray like God, like dear God, like and maybe you pray like that. It's not a distant way you pray, but sometimes when we say like dear God or dear Heavenly Father, it's like we're writing a letter to him. Right? Dear God, we started out like, anybody ever wrote a letter, handwritten letter? Right? Dear, and you could put fill in the blank. Dear grandma or dear whoever. And you start to write the letter. And what do you do with a letter? You put it in an envelope. You put a stamp on it. You put it in a mailbox. And it goes to wherever that other person is. And they open the letter and they read the letter. And they realize like, wow, this person loves me. They're, they're talking to me. But see, God isn't like that. God isn't distant from us. God is actually with us, right? There's, it's like if I was in your face, you wouldn't say, oh, dear Scott. I would be like, what are you talking about? Dear, what? That's weird. 
So let me teach you something real quick. When you're praying to the Father, when you're praying to God, you have access to him as if he was right with you. So you don't have to necessarily say, dear, unless, you, unless that's the way you communicate. Say, dear God. But the reality is he's with you. He's not far away. And so I had to learn that God wasn't distant. He wasn't too busy for me. And sometimes there's little things that happen in my life that I feel like, oh, man, that's so petty. I don't even need to pray about that. No, God wants to hear from me because I'm his son. He wants to hear from you because you're his son. You're his daughter. And he's not going to say this. I told you you were going to mess up. Why'd you do that? Why'd you do this? You know, he's a, he's a, he's, he is a just God, but at the same time, he's a forgiving, graceful God. He's a merciful God. And what he wants to put on us, he actually had already put on his son. And so when he sees me, he sees me as perfected, as holy, as set apart. How do I know the, all this, right? How do I know the, all this? Because the Bible tells us who God really is. And there's 10 names I don't want to take. There's much more names, but I took 10 today. All right, I took 10 names, and I believe that these 10 names are going to reveal to us God's nature and God's character, and it's going to minister to us right where, right where we're at. And maybe all 10 will minister to us, but maybe today you'll walk out of here with, you know what, I'm going to stand on that one. This is who God is for me today. Not that he's not the other ones, but that's the one that you really need today. And so you're going to hang on that truth. Right, you're going to grab a hold that God is this, and I need him to be this in my life today. And I believe that his spirit right, is going to do something in your heart, and you're going to be able to stand on who he is, his truth. And I'm telling you, you're going to walk out of these doors different than you walked in, in the name of Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I pray, Father, that it becomes alive to us today, Lord, and that you minister to our hearts, to our minds, to our souls and that whoever's thirsty in this room, let them drink of your word and let them never thirst again, Lord. I thank you, God, for your character, your grace, and your mercy, and your love being poured out upon your children here. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Amen. So the first name that I want to bring up today is Elohim. Say Elohim. Now, a lot of these words are either Greek words or Hebrew words, right? They don't really, we don't really understand them. So I'm going to give you definitions to the words, to the terms, to the names. All right, this name means God. Right? It just means God. It's pretty simple. Elohim means God, right? The name refers to this, that God's incredible power and might. He's the only one true living God. He is the Elohim. So when you're hearing people say Elohim, we don't really say that in the context of America and in 2019, but back in the day, what they were saying is, this God is the greatest God of all. He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. He's actually the God of gods. He's Elohim. Right, he's supreme. You ever wear supreme? You ever, you ever heard of that brand? Supreme? Caleb, you know, Caleb, Caleb likes to wear the supreme. Something about supreme t-shirts are like, what, how much they cost? Like 100 bucks? They're crazy. So I would never buy a supreme t-shirt. But what they're saying is, the brand is saying we're supreme, meaning we're over all the other brands. That's why our t-shirts cost $100. So if you want to get your boy a supreme t-shirt, I'll take a t-shirt, right? Amen. But we serve a supreme God. Right? They're also saying that this God is true. Right? In a world that pr promotes false religions and false gods, this God is Elohim. This God is true. Also means this, that he is the one that we can fully lean on and rely on. 
So even though you're God, right, they're saying you're God, you can't necessarily rely on him. But Elohim, I could actually lean on him and rely on him just like you're relying on that chair that you're sitting on right now. Because if that chair had a broken leg and you looked at it and that leg was dangling, you wouldn't sit on the chair. Because you realize if you sat on the chair, you're going to fall. Kind of like Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, right? So you wouldn't put yourself on the chair if you knew the chair was broken. And a lot of times what's hap- what happens is people believe in these gods, but they can't really lean on them because they don't, they don't really know him and they don't understand them. But Elohim, he's the sovereign one. He's the one we could completely trust in. He's the mighty one over nature, over this world, over the heavens, right? He's the creative God that, that, that everything we see, right? When we look at nature, we look at the mountains, we look at the stars, like it was created by his hand. This is Elohim, right? God reminds us every day that Elohim is the creator of the heavens and the earth. It's his amazing power at work. Right When the sun comes up early in the morning at 7.30 a.m., when you have your day off and it's shining right through that window and you're like, oh, my God, we need to get some darker curtains. He reminds you, you hear me, that he is God. He put the earth in the orbit and the earth just completely spins around the sun every single year. And it's just amazing because if it was one degree off, we would burn up. Or if it was one degree off the other way, we would freeze to death. This is, what, this is what Elohim means, right? We can be assured that we're held in the hands of the almighty God and we don't have to fear because in his hands, right, we are strong and we're also this, we're also secure. So this is the, this is the meaning of Elohim, God the Father, right? It says this in Genesis 1.1, the first verse. In the beginning, God, this is, this is the term Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. If you look at the Greek, it'll say in the beginning, Elohim. Right? The God, the supreme God of all, the truth, created the heavens and the earth. Psalm 19.1, the heavens are telling the glory of Elohim, or God, and their expanses is declaring the work of his hand. That's the first name, Elohim. The second name is this, Yahweh. Say Yahweh. You might have heard that term before. There's actually a, a, a hoodie from Unapologetic that, that actually says Yeshua, which is another word, another term for Yahweh, means the Lord. Right, the Lord. Now, we don't necessarily use the term Lord unless we're talking about Jesus in 2019. But back in the day, this was a, a normal term to be used, Lord. What was it? it? It means someone who lords over somebody, right? Kings back in the day used to, used to be lords. So they used to come to the temple courts of the king and they used to bow before their Lord, meaning it was their king. They were submitted unto the leadership, the rule, the authority of that person. So that's the term Yahweh, Lord, right? It's derived from a Hebrew word called I am. That's what it is. It's derived from that word, I am, right? And it, the proper name, it, it, it basically displays somebody's divine power, right? That, that's Lord, that's, that's actually, um, what's the term I'm looking for? That's actually use their authority over somebody else, basically what I'm saying, right? Yeah, they rule over another person. They lord it over them. And that actually does, doesn't necessarily mean something bad all the time. We think of like somebody controlling what I do, right? How many of you have been like told what to do when you didn't want to do it? Everybody been young here before, right? Everybody been young. Let's, we've, we've all been young. And we've all done things in our life that we didn't want somebody else telling us what to do. Now, unfortunately, the catfish, 
of God, the Father, is that. They think in order to be a follower of Jesus, people think that he's going to tell us exactly what we can do and what we can't do. And unfortunately, the church has done a very good job in 2019 telling people what our God is against. But, but nobody knows what he's for. And so if you really want to get real with Lord, the term Lord, right, or Yahweh, we have to start to understand who is he and what is he for? Because everybody knows what he's against. You don't have to tell people in 2019 what God is against. They know that. They have no idea what he's for. In the Bible, he took, he called this man named Moses to go to this man named Pharaoh right, to lead the Israelites out of captivity or out of Egypt. Moses was scared. He really was. He couldn't even talk correctly. Moses was freaking out. He's like, how do you want me to go to that man? This man with authority, this man with power, this man has, has all the authority to just, to just cut me down and to kill me, lock me in prison. You want me to go to him and tell him to let your people go? Like, think about this. Like, I don't even know what the, I don't even know what it would be like. It'd be like going to, like, you know, uh, North Korea. Saying, hey, uh, I forget the guy's name, the ruler over there. Hey, you need to let all the Americans out of prison. Yeah, the, the, the guy probably laugh at you. But this is what God was telling Moses to do. Right? He needed, re Moses needed reassurance. He needed to know that God was bigger than the problem at hand. He needed to know that God was bigger than whatever he was telling him to do. He needed to know that God would carry him through. He needed to know that even if people wouldn't listen to him, right, they would listen to the one who sent him. Even if nobody listened to you or me, they will listen to the one who sends you. And if they don't listen in that moment, guess what? One day, the Bible says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? That Jesus Christ is Yeshua. This is him. He is the Lord. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings, right? He says, he says this, am I supposed to go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me? And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell him? This is, this is Moses asking God, right? He says, say, I am who I am. Right? That's, just say, I am who I am, which means, right, that's where they get the term Yeshua. I am the one that everybody's been waiting for. I am the one that everybody has been talking about. I am the one that is above all other names. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. You can read that in Exodus 3, 13 and 14. God's name, Yahweh, is the one of authority, holds great power, and tells people, I am the one true living God. There'll be no other gods before me, right? And you can put your trust, your hope, your, your past, your present, your future in him, Yeshua, my Lord, your Lord. You have to make it personal, right? He's the one, he's the leader of my life, just like Moses' life. He calls us to specific purposes and calls and anointings, right? And he goes with us every single day of our life. That's, that's Yahweh. The third, the third name is this, Abba Father. Abba. Say Abba. Uh, Abba means father. 
Abba means father. That's what it means. It means daddy. Right? Now, now here's, here's what a lot of us do, unfortunately, in 2019. When we hear the term father, we automatically assume, right, that God the father is like our father on this earth. Right? So we don't understand the true nature of of a father from heaven because we put the nature of our earthly fathers and our experience with that in its place. Now, some of us could have had great fathers, but God the Father is much greater. And some of us had fathers that necessarily probably weren't around or did bad things, but God the Father is much greater. So in order to understand the nature of the Father in heaven, we have to understand the fullness of who he is. Right? That's why I'm telling you all these different, these different names and these different terms because we all grow up right, in, with different lifestyles and we all grow up in different situations and a lot of us have been broken multiple times. Right? And we learn what certain things are and what certain things aren't. So a lot of us in our minds and in our hearts, we have this certain image of who God the Father is. Because we've learned what the term father or who a father really is. And let me tell you this, that he's nothing like what we think an earthly father is on this earth. Good, bad, ugly. Right? He's the one who can fully, check this out. He's the one that can fully be trusted. He can fully be trusted. He's the one that we can truly lean on. Right? He's the one who cares about the, the, little, the little things that concern us. Right? Some of us grew up in a, in a household that you couldn't bring up little things because they'd be like, just shut up. That's, that's stupid. Don't even worry about that. Right? But God the Father cares about the little things. I'm going to say that again because somebody needs to really understand this because you're going through things right now and you feel like these little things don't concern. He's not concerned with that. He's actually probably more concerned about the little things than the big things because sometimes it, it's the little thing. He says, if you have a little bit of faith... If you, and he talked about faith being the size of a mustard seed, all right? So God is into the little things. Abba Father, my Father is into the little things. You know how you transform a city? You know how you take a city? One little step at a time. One person at a time. You don't do it by doing these big events, these big outreaches. When we do those things, those ain't bad. But let me tell you, you do it every single day. You do it Monday while you're at your job talking to the person right next to you. The kingdom is advanced one person at a time. All right, so he's into the, the little details. Of if you have this much faith, like the size of a mustard seed, then you can speak to what? The big thing and command it to move. A lot of us, because this is what the world is teaching us, go after the big. Then people will like you. Go after the big. Because your identity is in what other people say you are. But God is saying this. He's saying the opposite. No, you're my son Right, and whom I'm well pleased because of Jesus. It's not about what you do, it's about who you are. If you were here the last couple of weeks, we were talking about that. And it's the little things that I care about. God the Father is also my security and your security. You can be secure in him. He's also a God who gives unconditional love. Right? He's a constant presence in the time of need. This is one of my favorite names of God because it conveys his heart for us as his children, right? I'm his son. You can say that if you're a man in the state, say, I'm his son. And if you're a woman, say, I'm his daughter. Like we have to, we have to sometimes 
tell ourselves that because sometimes we don't believe it. Like, I'm God's son. Like, what? How many of y'all got children in here? You got children. I'll never forget, it was a couple months ago, Joe Lee Part was leading worship at the City Tickers Experience, and, and he gave this, this sign. He's like, you know, everybody raise your hands and started worshiping, and he's like, the Lord gave him this revelation. He says, when we raise our hand, how many of y'all ever had children, your son or your daughter, come up to you and go like this, right, and, and up to, to the father or to the mom? And there's not one parent in this room that wouldn't pick up their baby if their baby was doing this. Right? So there's something about us as God's children, right? When we, when we go to the Father, we start to worship and praise the Father. When we lift our hands, it's not something that just everybody does. It's almost like, Lord, I need you to pick me up. I need you, Daddy. I need you, Father. And our Father's faithful. He'll, he'll reach down, right? So wherever we're at, and he'll lift us up. He'll lift our spirit up. He'll lift our minds up. He'll lift our hearts up. So that we could be in right, in right standings with him. So that we could have peace that transcends all understanding. Galatians 4, 6 says this, Because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. The next name is this. I'm going to mess it up. El Elyon. I'm sure I messed that up. Anybody know how to say that? Elion. Elion. I'm ATL. That's Leon. <laughs> Which means God most high. I'm going to try to go through these so we can get through all these in time, right? God most high, right? El Elion is the name that's used most through the Old Testament in revealing God above all other gods, right? That nothing in life is more sacred than this God. All right? He is indeed the Lord Most High. He is the one who reigns supreme, as we said. He is greater than any force of darkness in this world. He's bigger than any problem we might face. He's bigger than any everyday struggle. Our God has never lost a battle. And he will never lose. We might feel like we lose, but when we're with God, he works all the bad things out for our good according to those who love him. So we really never lose. We might lose money, right? We might lose so-called friends, but the reality is if we're walking with God the Father, we never, ever lose. Why? Because he's mighty, he's Lord, he's exalted over all. Psalm seven seventeen says, I will praise the Lord, the most high God, according to his righteousness, and will sing praises to his name. Next word, next name, El-Roi. El-Roi means this, the God who sees. The God who sees. Now, that is good, but that is also bad for a lot of us. Let's just get real. Because we can't run and we can't hide. There's a story of Adam and Eve in the very beginning of the, of, the, of the creation, right? Adam sins, and what does Adam do? Adam runs and Adam hides. God the Father, Abba Father, comes looking for his son. Adam, where are you? He knew where he was. He knew exactly where he was. He was hiding from God. Why? Because he, 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 felt, he felt like he messed up. 
And that's our nature. That's human nature. When we sin, right, when we sin and we mess up, we slip, we stumble, we fall, the first thing we do is we run away and we hide. We become like hermits. We, we hope nobody sees us. We don't want to hang out with our friends. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? We definitely don't want to come to church because we feel guilty. We, we automatically assume that God is judging us, right? And people are judging us. But God's like, what are you doing? Who told you? He, who told you you were naked? He was like, man, I'm naked. Don't come to church naked. We know that. But he's like, who told you you were naked? And it was like this, this guilt that came over him. But guess what God did? God clothed him with animal skin, right? That means it was a blood sacrifice, animal skin and fig leaves. He clothed him. And God's clothed me and you through the blood of Jesus Christ so that we are no longer guilty, no matter what we've done. Yeah, we're, we no longer have shame. We no longer have to hide. We can actually come right out in the open. We don't have it all figured out. I don't either, but I know the one that does. And there's a reason why we need this family right here. We gotta be real, right? We know that Abba Father sees and he sees all. Genesis 16, 13, right? This is a, this is a, a story of Abraham saying, you know, he, God told him he's going to have many children, right? And then his wife gets kind of like, wants to jump ahead of God. She got tired of waiting. How many of y'all ever got tired of waiting? You know God's doing something and you want it right now. If I could put a whole generation in a, in, a, in a box, I would say this generation is that right there. We know God is doing something, but we want it right now. We don't want to be patient. Abraham waited a whole long, a lot of years to receive what God had. So, so his wife was like, you know what? Just take my maidservant, right? I want you to go basically have sex with my, my maidservant, have children with her. Maybe that's what God meant that we were going to have children, but it wasn't going to be from me because my womb is barren. So sometimes you're looking at something like, you know what? There is no way this could happen. The doctors told me this, right? Uh, it's looking like a, a dry wasteland. There's no way, right? Uh, my job, uh, there's no way I could get promoted. Everybody, the, the positions are filled. You're looking at things in the natural realm. Meanwhile, we're trying to figure out how we can start manipulating the situation because God said, instead of just letting God do, be God. Right? She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. Genesis 16, 13. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. The next five are this. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna share the words. I'm gonna share the scriptures and you guys go look them up. All right, here it is. El Shaddai. Means God Almighty. The scripture says, Psalm 91.1, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High or God Almighty will rest in the shadows of him. The next one is this, Yahweh Jireh or Jehovah Jireh. This means the Lord will provide. Some of y'all need to stand on this truth today. God, the Father, is my provider. My job isn't my provider, even though we need jobs. 
You know, my, my husband, my wife isn't necessarily my provider, even though those, you know, provision comes through family. Or this person isn't my provider, or my hustle isn't my provider, or you need seven streams of income to be an entrepreneur. That's not my provider. There's one provider. It's my Father in heaven, Jehovah Jireh. Genesis twenty two fourteen. So Abraham called this place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. God said, sacrifice his son, Isaac. Bring him, lay him at the altar. This is the story that shakes me, it shakes my heart the most because I have children. Few of them are here. I can't imagine God the Father saying, lay your son down at the altar. Like what? Sometimes God tests Sometimes God will offend our minds. Check this out. He'll offend our minds only to reveal our hearts. It only, God was testing him to see where his heart was. He didn't want him to kill his son. God always had a sacrifice. God always had a way out. He always had a lamb. And when he, when he was going to do it, he seen the ram that was caught in the thicket, right? He sacrificed the lamb. The angel said, don't do it to your son. There's a ram right there. God provided a lamb. And even when me and you were, sin, were in sin, we've messed up, we, were, we fell away from God, or we, we were born into sin, we didn't know the Father, God had a lamb. And his name was Jesus. God will provide. Some of you, like, right now, like, you need God's provision. You need to stand on his truth or who he is. The next one is Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. He's my banner. Right? You look at these banners back here. You, you know where to go get coffee because that, that, that banner over there says coffee or cafe. You know that's where the coffee is. Right? You get off the exit here because it says Mount Perrin Road and your GPS is telling you get off at that exit. That's the name. That's the banner. Without the banner, you don't know where to get off. God is my banner. He's my protector. Exodus 17, 15. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. The next one is Jehovah Rapha. It's the Lord who heals. Right? If God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, God still could heal. He's the one who healed me. He's the one who could heal you. The scripture is this, Exodus 15, 26. If you listen carefully to the Lord and your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all of his decrees, I will not bring on you any illness or any disease brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your God who heals you. For I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your healer. Now he makes it personal. He says, I am your healer. And the last one is this. Jehovah Shalom or Yahweh Shalom means this. I am the Lord of peace. Now, if you don't take away any of the other nine names, I want you to walk out of this room with this one. Because this one, I'm not saying one is more important than the other, but this one will change your life. Because if you're sick, God can heal you, right? Maybe you just got a, a flu and God can heal you, but guess what? You probably gonna, you might get sick again. But if you can get this one, 
Out of all the other names, if you could, if you could get this one, I'm telling you, it'll shift your life. Why am I saying that? Because the storms are coming. In this world, you're going to have problems. He says that. You'll be persecuted. You're going to go through a bunch of junk. You're going to go through persecution. You're going to go through all kind of stuff. Some of it's your fault because we make bad choices. Some of it is just, it just it's life. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? There's a story about Jesus and the disciples in a boat, and a storm came. You can read it in all the Gospels. A storm came, and the disciples were freaking out for their lives. They thought they were going to die, the Bible says. And then you know what they do? They say, we need to go get Jesus. Jesus was asleep in the bottom of the boat in the middle of a storm. Jesus had this. He had shalom from the Father. He had an inward peace that wasn't driven by outward circumstances. The disciples let the outward circumstances take away the inward peace. So they started to freak out and they started to fear to the point where they thought they were going to die and they went to go get the one that can help them, Jesus. Now, how many of y'all ever been woken up from a good sleep? You're not happy. What the heck? It's nothing worse than you, you, you like in, you know, deep sleep, good dream going on, right? And then somebody's like, hey, wake up. And I'm sure it wasn't like just, oh, Jesus, 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 we're dying. I'm sure it was like, Jesus, kicking stuff like, Jesus, come on. Like they thought they were going to die. And Jesus gets up. He gets, up, he gets out onto the, onto the boat. He looks at the wind and the waves, and he, say, he says one thing, right? He says, peace be unto you. Let me say this. You'll never calm a storm that you can't sleep through. You'll never calm a storm that you can't sleep through. Then Jesus looked at the disciples and said something that blows my mind. And I'm going to close with this. He looked at them and says, where is your faith? Why did you let the storm take away the shalom of the Father? Why did you let what was happening around you dictate what was happening inside of you? Because if you didn't, you would have been able to stand on that boat and speak to that storm, and it would have ceased in the name of Jesus. No matter what's going on in your life, and we're going to go through all kind of crazy stuff. Never let the enemy steal your peace. Because it's one thing that you, you, can you can carry this peace. And when people see that you have this peace, people are going to want it. And this only comes from one place, through Jesus from the Father. Right? So I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what your season of your life you're in. But I know one thing. We all need to stand on who he is. We can't be catfish. We can't believe in some other thing or we can't doubt who he is. We have to stand on the truth. The one living God. So we're going to pray. And I believe that this doesn't end here. The challenge is always now you have, to, you have to go out there into the real world. You have to open up that Bible for yourself. You have to read and you have to believe who he is. And you're able to stand on him. You're able to have that relationship. So it's not dear God. It's like God. It's like I'm here. And he's there. And he's with you.
So let's pray. Father God, I thank you, God, for these mighty men and women of the kingdom. And I pray, God, all the storms of this life that are happening around us, Father, that we're able to sleep through them. We're able to have peace. In the midst of anxiety, in the midst of fear, in the midst of troubles, in the midst of dreams not working out the way we thought they were going to work out, in the midst of finances going in opposite directions that we want them to go in. Lord, I pray peace over every single person's mind right now. May the floods of thoughts that are contrary to your kingdom, that are going through our minds, right now just stop in Jesus' name. Anxiety, you have no power over her or over him in the name of Jesus. Depression, you got to flee right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for your peace and your joy, your wisdom, your truth, and your love. As we're praying right now, if you, need, if you really need prayer, you say, you know what? There's things happening in my life that have been stealing my peace, stealing my joy. Raise your hand up just so I see you. I'm going to pray for you. Father God, I pray for every person that just went to the next step and raised their hand. Lord, you know exactly where you're at because you are the God that sees. You are the God that sees. And Lord, it's not like you're saying, I told you so. I told you so. Why, why, why? You're the God that says, I love you, daughter. I love you, son. I just see the father with his hands out saying, just like you got your arms up. He's saying, come. I want you to climb up into his lap. Sit on the lap of your father in heaven. Lord, I just pray that you shower every single person with your love, your mercy, and your grace. Whatever it is that's holding us back, God, I pray that right now, Lord, you said you've given us the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Now listen, I can start binding stuff for you, or you could bind stuff on your own. You have the keys, just like I have the key. So this is what I want to do for the next 60 seconds. One minute. I want us to pray, but I don't want us just to pray just some prayer like, Lord, you know, here I am, Lord, thank you. I want, us to, I want you to pray a binding prayer. A binding prayer. What is that? That means when I think of binding, I think of like taking something captive. I know we're in this prayer moment, but I just want to give you a visual of what that is. I used to love watching Cops, the TV show. Longest running reality TV show in history. It's actually a good reality show, I think. And I think of robbers, like, or people running from the cops. And I think of cops running after them and jumping on them and putting them in handcuffs. That's what I think of. When I think of binding, that's what I think of. Something that's evil in a sense, right? Getting bound up by something that's more powerful. And so, not necessarily more powerful, but something with authority. There's the word. You have authority. You have the keys to the kingdom. He says he's given you the authority to loose. Some of us have, have had this dam built up, the, these lies that we started to believe over the years, but 
He says that our, wor- our words are mighty. Listen, your words, the ones you're speaking right now, are mighty for the tearing down of strongholds. So let's tear down some strongholds today in the name of Jesus. Father God, I just declare that that stronghold that is exalting itself against the knowledge of God right now must come crumbling down in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, that you have created us to be the head and not the tail, the the alpha, the omega. You are the ruler of rulers. You are the Lord of lords. You are the first and the last. You are the alpha and omega, God. I thank you, God, that you hear our cries and you hear our prayers. Mm, I just sense the Lord doing something. It was a blind man that started to yell real loud when Jesus was walking by. And everybody's like, tell him to be quiet. And Jesus is like, no. And he walks up to the man. He says, what, do you, what would you have me do? He says, Lord, if you're willing, would you heal me? And he, told, and he tells him something this. He tells him, he's like, no, not if I'm willing. He's like, I want to. Do you believe? And I don't understand why some people, you know, get healed and some people don't. But all, I, all I'm saying is, I know if we don't believe, I know what the result of that is. So, Father God, I pray right now that we believe. Believe in your healing. We believe in your power. We believe in your forgiveness. We believe it's through your blood of your son, Jesus, that we have the fullness of your grace. And that we can walk in the middle of a storm and have peace. We love you. We praise you. We worship you in spirit and in truth. And we pray all these things in the name that's above all other names. The name of Yahweh, the name of Jesus, the one true king. We love you. We praise you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to week four of Catfish. Go ahead and connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Crossover Church ATL, where we build the city together.